Welcome to episode 24 of the Uninterrupted Uninterrupted Podcast. Thanks for joining. PSX and I will serve up the scoops of information ice cream you've been yearning for. Today we have something special. So grab your beverage of choice and relax so we can take you on an uninterrupted journey. A quick disclaimer, this podcast should not be considered financial advice. The content of this broadcast here and or any other platform are for educational and entertainment purposes only and cite our own personal opinions. In order to make the best financial decision that suits your needs, please conduct your own research and seek the advice from a licensed financial advisor if necessary. Lunk Development Fund Validator is back with their Lunk Drive time spaces for those looking for a casual conversation and less serious ones. Keep an eye out for them and consider delegating with them for the consistent support for the L1 Task Force. Big shout out to Garuda Nodes, a validator you can trust, and Garuda Universe, a rising star in game development. Keep soaring high. A roaring applause to Angry Ape Society on the Ethereum blockchain and the artistic genius of Tino for their NFT project, a visual feast for not only comic book fans, but also any lover of manga. Attention NFT enthusiasts, discover the thrilling Gravedigger utility coming to Luna Classic from Backbone Labs and Bone Society. Stay tuned. All right, since we've been having these technical difficulties, all right, uh, PSX, is it working now? I already did all the intro part. On my end, how do I sound? Sound perfect. Sounds good. All right, where are we? You might have missed it, but I I went through the intro. Oh, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. Okay, so um, um, thanks for for being patient with everybody. Um, I know we've got a lot of topics to cover. uh, that we want to hit up within the short period of time that we have. But if we can do a quick, like little for, for, for the, for anyone who's new to the community or to Whitewell or to Luna classic, or just came in midway after, I don't know, say like a year that we've been through this, um, <clears throat> been through the, uh, ups and downs. Uh, if we can do like starting with Syncom, just kind of go around, do a quick introduction, you know, uh, what, uh, who, who you're with, who you're representing and, and what your position is real quick, starting with Syncom, please. Yeah, first of all, um, PSX Jerry, um, thanks for you know inviting White Whale you know a second time to your podcast. You know I enjoyed the first time, and I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy the second time as well, um, because you know you guys are one of the most professional you know Twitter space organizers I've come and you know hosts and moderators I've come across so far. So thank you for that. Um, so White Whale, what is White Whale, and who are we? So. Um, we have the Whitewell account here. Behind that, we have Ponzi Ninja hiding. He's our, you know, masterful business developer. And I'm, you know, I'm just a cheerleader. I'm also at Whitewell. And what's what's the history? What's what's Whitewell? So originally, Whitewell started as a you know, platform to decentralize and democratize the UST pack. 
um, to take, you know, take it away. It didn't work. You know, <laughs> that's why, you know, there's Luna Classic and Luna 2 now. Um, but still, we had almost 40 million in TVL at the peak. And the idea was that we allow the community and, you know, everybody to defend the pack. And we did. It just wasn't enough. Um, now, then you know, Terra Classic exploded. And you know, a lot of teams, you know, took money and, and ran away and, you know, hide themselves with whatever they had left. But, you know, the Whitefield team decided to keep going and, you know, rise from the ashes and rebuild. So, you know, when the crash happened, we looked outwards, you know, what, what can we do now, you know? And since then, we've been building nonstop, you know, until today. And, you know, as of today, we have, you know, a couple of things going. We have our own blockchain, Megaloo, a permissionless layer one blockchain, you know, similar to Terra or to, you know, Juno, with, you know, all the latest tech bells and whistles. And we've been the first to enable cross-chain staking. So together with TFL and Luna, you know, B-Luna um, was the first cross-staked asset in the cosmos, and it was on Megaloo. Then we have a cross-chain app, the White Whale DeFi app, which consists of DEX and Flash Loan Balls. That's live on, I think, eight or nine chains right now. So, I, so much I lost count. It's, it's the first and mo one of the most widely spread cross-chain protocols. Then we have validation services. So we have our own you know, validators across multiple chains, securing age figures and assets. You know, we're very active in governance and supporting the chains, you know, also on the infrastructure level. And then we also have our open source MEV solutions, so arbitrage bots and liquidations. And, you know, all that, that's, you know, white whale today. And as of a couple of weeks ago, we decided to, you know, bring our cross-chain application and our community and the teams we've been building with back to Luna Classic. And that's why we're here today. Income. Thanks a lot for that introduction, Ven. If you Ven, and then Kronk, um, please, if you will, quickly introduce yourself. Yes. Um, so, for everyone who doesn't know me, uh, so I'm Ving. I, I have been working in this space for in Terra Classic community for uh, eight months. From by now, and I'm starting as a blockchain developer, and now I'm currently leading the L1 Terra Classic Task Force. Um, so, for those who have known me in the community, um, so we have just gone through a really rough upgrade. Uh, because like the database of the chain is too huge. Uh, Terra Classic is Terra Classic data size is comparable to Cosmos Hub. Uh, we're talking about like terabytes of data, like a lot, a lot, a lot of data. So um, the upgrade goes on for two hours and um due to like like a lot of, like uh due to constraint of machine 
constrain a valid to a machine. So um like we were not expecting we were not expecting that the upgrade would consume so much resource. Um so like when we figured it out, like we've told Valitor to swap to enable swap on the SSD um to enable more 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 RAM size. And um the upgrade managed to manage manage to pass. And uh there were a lot of like a lot more uh hidden bugs that we uh, are still like discovering and fixing. Ben, thank you for that. Uh, Krunk, if you will oh. introduce yourself. Hi guys, uh, yeah, this is Krunk. Um, and our team, uh, we were uh, Luna investors, uh, like early 2021. And all of us, we believed in Luna, decentralized money, uh, decentralized economy needs decentralized money. And basically we, we, we believe Luna had the potential to flip ETH and uh, the tokenomics was one of the best in the world. I mean, as UST demand goes up, Luna gets uh, burnt. And so we just staked it and then we thought, hey, you know what, you don't need to touch this for five years and then you come back, you know, don't need to work ever again. And then, um, yeah, we believe that SBF and all those guys, Barry and maybe who else, whoever else attacked it and it depegged. And then, yeah, we know what happened. And then, um, so we kind of took a break from crypto for a while and uh, we, we were all investors, but we, we were also builders on Terra One and uh, we yeah, helped some projects out and uh, helped. So after about a year break, uh, one of our friends, he was uh, doing the, uh, you know, the BRC20 work. One guy was doing the NFT marketplace. Another guy was doing the swap, the IDO swap. And then we started looking into BRC20 uh, because, I mean, obviously Bitcoin was one of the reasons we all joined crypto. And then after playing with the BRC20, we realized it's not really like a smart contract. It's not like Ethereum. All they're doing is they're putting a JSON like inscriptions on the Bitcoin, you know, blockchain. And it, it's, it's more like, yeah, very, it's not, a, it can't be scaled and it's, it, it can't be used in, in DeFi. So we thought, let's, you know, let's try to find a way that we can use this uh, through Cosmos. And then we realized that uh, there's too much trouble building your own chain. Uh, and we thought that if we get something on Lunk, Lunk can be the gateway to Cosmos. And Lunk is a very efficient chain, already has a lot of history because it's Terra Classic and it's very efficient. So that's where we, we came. And, and then since we have experience with uh, the, you know, the Lunk and um, Terra Classic building, so we thought, hey, let's just build the BRC20 bridge to Lunk. And then since uh, like White Whale and all these other teams, um, TFM, they, they've already built the IBC bridges and IBC connection. So once we can get the BRC20 and Bitcoin on Lunk, then it can be moved on IBC to the other partners. So yeah, that's where we are now. We're building a BRC20 bridge to Lunk. All right, thanks. Cool, cool. All right, man, we got a lot to cover, man. Uh, it's getting spicy out there as usual in the Luna Classic community. Um, <laughs> lots of problems, lots of challenges, uh, lots of hurdles to go through, be uh, it technical and unfortunately political. So. Um, let's kind of keep this conversation very open. Uh, hopefully we can drive up some new ideas, inspire some next steps. 
maybe we can help start with uh, identifying some of the problems that we're, uh, we're coming across with. And we'll just kind of start with Sencom and go around the table. Sure. Um, so right now I see two major, major issues. Um, one of them is um, the lack of, you know, Terra Classic has a lot of custom logic. For applications that want to build on Terra Classic, they need to develop very specifically for Terra Classic. And that's a you know repellent for cross-chain protocols. So um, especially the, the burn tags that's you know included everywhere, you know, forces you to rewrite a lot of parts of your contract and do a lot of you know changes on your front end. And that's a major point pain point. It took us, I think, a month um, to figure it out. That's a lot of time. Uh, whereas, you know, normal quote unquote deployments take us a day or two. And the second thing is, and I think it was highlighted by the, the recent upgrade, is that, you know, there needs to be a stronger relationship between the core team that's building the chain and the app builders. Because I know, you know, when you upgrade and change, something can go wrong. You know, there could be downtime, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe 10 hours. That's okay. But what, you know, what makes a lot of problems if, is if you make changes to the Baroque blockchain that break existing applications. And I think those two things, they need to be addressed to, you know, get more people onto Luna Classic and keep him there. I've got a quick question. Um, for some reason, I can't seem to raise my hand, but regarding the the uh, the, the burn tax, um, what kind of setbacks with what you just mentioned there? It seems that because I, I don't know what kind of complications um, the burn tax does or or what additional. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. Like, how much longer does it require? dealing with the burn tax just to onboard onto Luna Classic, but what kind of setbacks are we looking at? So, you know, the Whitefield team is quite experienced. We have one of the best, you know, Cosmos developers. Some of them have, have worked at Confio, you know, the team you know, that invented Cosmos. Um, and it took us weeks. Just to give you an example. So we have a, you know, part of our, you know, application is a DEX. And, you know, in a DEX, the user swaps tokens. So he puts a token in and gets another token out. And in the back end, there is a router. So the user goes to the router. Hey, here's a thousand USTC. I want Luna Classic. So the router takes the tokens, puts them to the pool, gets the tokens back from the pool and sends them to the user. And between those interactions, you know, and, and that normally works. We can just more or less copy paste the two different chains. But on Luna Classic, we need to subtract the tags. Every time there's movement of tokens, we need to do math. And that math needs to be right. So um, it's weeks for experienced teams. I'm, I'm assuming uh, this, but uh, is it because there's a requirement to optimize the contracts so that there's it just basically makes it more affordable for the layer twos is that is that what you're dealing no, with no, it, it's about getting it to work in the first place because you know the user let me give you a very straight example with some some numbers 
the user sends a thousand USDC to the router, you know, to the DEX and expects you know some Luna Classic back. So now the router thinks, all right, I got one thousand one thousand USDC. I'm gonna send that to the pool and swap it there for the user. But then the burn tax already took something, and the router is left with, you know, let's say nine hundred ninety USDC. And he tries to take a thousand, but then the contract fails because there is no thousand anymore. So whenever there's movement, you know, the tax is applied and the contract is left wondering where's where are the tokens? This is wrong. Stop. Bitmos um, or Crunk, I think you and I, we had a conversation about this. Like you guys were kind of running into the same issue with regarding the burn tax. Um, being implemented on your end um what's that what does what that what does the challenges look like yeah i mean just like white whale was saying that we uh when you it, it doesn't work um uh, out of the box like you can't just like you can't just between the other chains uh so you have to you have to add some uh code to calculate the tax and the tax is based on how much luna you're transferring so uh yeah so it's i mean it's, it's not that bad if it doesn't change like okay for example if the lung tax is going to be the same for now for now next five years then yes we make some custom logic and then we don't have to touch it we just you know this, this modular code we can just transfer between like we can share the code between white whale all of us and you know whenever we do a transaction we we go through this you know this little block of code but i think the problem is if the long people change attacks then we have to re-update the code and you know that's what i i feel like uh, i think it's okay if people we standardize things and like then there can be attacks. And then uh, Whitewell, any developer who builds on Lunk is gonna have is gonna need to do tax on their code. They, we can just like pull this code, right? I think uh, that was the hard part. It was really hard to figure out because there's no consensus, there's no documents. So you're trial and error, you're trying to go through, you know, and you know, you chatting with people, trying to figure out what the tax is and how to calculate it. So I think that was a problem. I think, um, so I think it's, yeah, the custom logic is a big problem. And I think we should not keep doing these custom logics, but I think having the burn tax is part of what um, Lunk is known for. And they want to, so I think it's not a big problem if we can basically, you know, agree on everything and share code to uh, yeah get it out faster. That, that was one of the good things about uh, Terra Luna 1. They had a lot of good code, like uh, Mirror Protocol, Anchor Protocol, these guys would launch their code, open source it, and then other teams could use that to build off, right? And learn from. And we didn't have that in Lunk. There's no code out there. Like for basic things, you there's no you can't even figure it out. You have to chat with it. You have to, you know, you have to guess everything and try, test an error. And that was the biggest problem we had. If if someone like let's say Terra Rebels or Terra V, the guys who did the Terraport, if they had if they had open sourced their code and showed how they did the burn tax and then we could just copy and paste that modular part in, right? So I think that that was the biggest thing missing. Yeah. So, so here's one suggestion I, I like to make to the classic community, who I, I know loves, you know, burns. But hear me out. So get rid of this burn tax. It's it's a nightmare for application builders, and you'll have a hard time attracting developers. No. So get rid of the burn tax, and you know double triple quadruple orders of magnitudes more of developers potentially coming to the chain no but then you say all right but we want to keep burning and i say raise the transaction fees and burn them because then you got the best of both worlds you know 
You have easy contract development, more builders, more apps, more activity on the chain, and you still burn tokens because every time someone swaps, someone you know, you know does anything, he um, has to take or you know, pay a higher fee. Otherwise, if you're gonna continue, you know, if you're gonna wanna go down the road of continuing with the burn tech, you know, that's fine. It's ultimately a community decision. You need to be aware of that this is a strong repellent for deaf builders. I am so tempted to push that narrative, but I can't. <laughs> <It's> like... Well, <laughs> TSX, uh, this, this was actually a topic of con uh, discussion, exactly how he brought it, uh, how Sencom brought it up yeah. about 10, 10, 11 months ago. Yeah. Uh, people were saying this, and uh, here we are experiencing it. So whoever brought it up back then, I guess they were right. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I don't think Sencom was the was the first. I mean, I I just I had my suspicions that like, they were spot on. Like, how do you attract uh, economic activity? It's you know through say like whether it be countries or states. It's it's generally the easiest route, especially specifically with government. They they provide tax incentives. Um, this would just be a blockchain version of that, where you would just get rid of it and then have the um, the uh, the developers of the app de uh, uh, app developers to di dictate uh, or dictate the burn fees or however they want to do it. Um, oh, did Vin drop out? Oh man, we having glitches. Oh, oh there's Vin. Yeah, we, we're having okay, glitches. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I was having glitches earlier. Um, then do you, do you have anything that you, you can input on, uh, provide some input or insight on that or any, on the least, side. yeah, okay. or, or anything. Um, Just, I can see that, um, um, I can see like there were many, uh, failed transaction to burn tags with the most recent one is with, uh, crypto.com where they lose roughly $20,000 just chance, just making like failed transaction, um, which is like, like, like not, not really cool actually. Like it's, it's, it's really terrible. Like you make three failed transaction, uh, nothing gets transferred and you already lose $20,000. So, uh, not, not a really good sign. Um, so um I think that um like raising transaction fee is also a really good way um estimation of like both burn type and transaction fee turns out to be wrong a lot of the time. So um I I think like maybe like raising transaction fee should be um, a really good solution. And um, I um, I think I will have to think more on that on how to deal with burn tax. Like if we raise transaction fee. And then we have to raise transaction fee to a level that burn tech is currently burning. So um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. 
I'm not sure yet how to implement such. But uh, I agree with Sencom that pricing transaction fee is uh, a better solution. Well, I mean, that, I, I, I like the direction that that's going. Um, more discussion, I guess, and uh, some data would probably help support that. So, uh, CENCOM, I mean, obviously the tax has been something that has been a challenge to deal with. Have, have there been any other lessons learned during the process? Um, how do I say? Most of the time it's about estimation. You're like, is, is estimate is not correct amount, is estimate. And, um, like when you estimate for was of transaction, for example, like it tends to go wrong because like for a wasm it will like uh, how does a uh, gas gas fee in cosmos is a little bit random and not quite deterministic so um like there will be uh like um like when when you said like uh, you must like when you when you send one gas and then it said you need three gas, and then you send three gas. It said you need five gas, and then you send five gas. It said you need seven gas. So um, that's a problem with estimation. Sounds uh, like a recipe for a lot of constipation issues, man. Like, uh, and that's why we, we cannot and, really um, get this efficient because you know whenever we do these subtractions, you know, you know, let's say you know the user wants to swap something. And, you know, on the different, you know, ways the money flows, we need to subtract something to, you know, set it aside for the, the burn tax. Then we all always need to add some error margin because we don't know what the exact number will be. So there's always some dust lying around. Yes, yes. And also, like, the gas, the gas is already hard to estimate. And then you have burn tax comes along with it. So we have two sources of uh, pretty random, uh, which returns a random estimation. So um, most of the time, I see people like they multiply gas by 1.5 just to be certain. But like that's for like small transaction. But in the case of crypto.com, like they just cannot raise their gas by uh, 1.5 multiplier for gas because by then like that that would be like a really huge increase in in the fee so they would want it to be like as close as possible which leads to their three failed transaction like it's very close to uh, gas suggestion I saw your hand. Did you have something? Yeah, I think White Whale had a very good suggestion about it just increase the transactions and then take the gas from there. I mean, the burn tax from there. I think burn tax is part of the narrative now that Terra Classic has, especially because there's so many, um, you know, lunk minted. So I, uh, is it, uh, maybe Vin can answer, but is it possible to uh, just take the tax? So, you know, if we raise the transaction, is it possible to just take a percentage of the commissions made by 
the validators, like even if the ones that are zero validators, you know, we actually make somehow force it to be some, some commission that way. So if someone's hundred percent, you know, commission, then we basically to take 2.5 or whatever the tax is. But if it's zero commission, then we raise that to 2.5. So I was wondering, is it possible to just put it on the validated level? So for the developers and then for the community, there's no change. And we just got to work with the validators and they have to always, you know, donate the tax um, themselves. Um, it's also a really, uh, really good approach. Um, for Vanta to donate, I think it can be coded in layer in layer one. Uh, in like reward distribution, and then in reward distribution, I can extract that amount from Vadita, but um, so here's a very simple uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good one. Like DHS, like transferring responsibility of burn tax from users to validators. Here, here, here's a very simple one. So shut off the burn tax, and then there, there's already existing a, um, a a functionality that's called community tax, and that community tax takes everything that's going to validators takes a cut and puts it into the community pool so if there's you know a validator getting 100 ustc in this block and the community tax is 10 percent 10 ustc is wandering to the community pool and from there on you can just burn them then is that going to require governance yes that will require governance Damn it. But Man, only, of course it will. Only, <laughs> I mean, you could yeah. even do this without doing any changes to the blockchain itself, because this is functionality that's already there. So you have to you would have to do an upgrade to get rid of this you know, nasty burn tax. And then it's about just you know tweaking some parameters in the blockchain. This can be done with a you know parameter proposal. And then you know you can collect you know all the fees you can collect them and then you can make another proposal you know burn the fees or let's use some of the fees instead of burning them and you know develop something you know interesting but it gives the community the choice yeah, yeah i just um as as um there there's the community just as a whole there it's it's not exactly as homogenized as as one would love to believe <laughs> this is why I mean, really stay out of it. I mean, yeah. If a proposal goes up and it gets voted on, uh -huh. uh, whether it's yes or no, I mean, that's, that's up to the community to vote right. on what direction they want it to go. So, I mean, if, if this uh, moves in a direction where we might want to explore it, then a signal prop potentially to see what the temperature check is with the community and then actually do the real proposal uh, shortly thereafterwards to see you know what people want to do but uh I, I mean it has to be thought through of course but uh i i think it's a move in in a direction at least for layer twos that are concerned about it right right um speaking um it, I, I know with 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 the burn tax kind of uh well i'd say it's been kind of the bane of, of everybody's existence um 
Whitewell's uh, Dex is officially on on Luna Classic. Um, I mean, I know we wanted to touch up on on liquidity. Um, J- Jerry, what were your thoughts on that going forward? Well, I mean, my my major interest is like me myself as an investor. I, I want to know how how the community can benefit from what was already launched by White Whale uh, with the liquid staking and all that other kind of stuff. How they can interact with it. And then also other developers with the infrastructure. So I know that's a loaded question there, Sencom. But what what are the benefits that come with the infra that you bring over, and what are the benefits to the investors uh, that have Luna Classic that can now utilize it with your protocol? Mm-hmm. Sure. So there's a lot of different you know dimensions to that question. So I'm gonna try to tackle them one by one. So for application builders, you know there's now more primitives. So if you want to issue a token, you now have a place to do that. You have a team to call and, you know, to open pools for you and, you know, get the message out. If you want to, you know, do a liquidity campaign, you know, attract liquidity into your token, you can do this now because our protocol allows you to put up incentives. If you are a bot builder, you know, you want to build arbitrage bot, liquidation bots or something, now you have flash loans to work with. And then there's also, you know, if you're an app builder and you want to use, you build on top of other systems, you know, like, like a house, you, you build first floor, second floor, and so on. If you want to build a second floor, you now have a strong and reliable, you know, first floor. Then for investors, um, you know, for investors, it's important that the chain, you know, keeps spinning, that it's alive. And that transactions are happening because the more is happening on chain, the more is burned, the more fees are collected, which ultimately reduces supply and is good for the price. Um, Non-financial advice, of course. Um, And then there is, you know, the additional development that will come from this. So, you know, this, you know, I know it's it's an open question, but you know, this, Jerry, you know, we were working on the Sapiens collection. So there's life coming, new NFT collections and so on. And ultimately, a strong ecosystem usually translates into a, you know, a good price of the ecosystem. That's just, you know, how things are usually. And lastly, um, White Whale has put up incentives and a couple of individuals, for example, Luna V-Shape, you know, a very vocal member of the Luna Classic community and also the whale community, um, he committed to put up 100,000 whale and I think a similar amount in Lung as incentives so to attract more liquidity. Um, I got a question um, as far as staying on top of attracting liquidity, uh, Krunk. Um, what about uh, tying, I don't know, like while you're building a bridge from, from, from Bitcoin to um, to Luna Classic, is it possible to build a second bridge to White Well? Like, you know, like why build one when you can build two? And then I don't know how that works. Yeah, so actually, it'll be good to get White Whale's input on this. So, based on what our research and what we're doing, um, so we, uh, I mean, uh, so we noticed that when we build, when we, when we uh, transfer the token from um, the Bitcoin to to uh, IBC chain, whatever it could be, Terra or Juno, whatever it is. Um, when we do that bridge, so basically, what right now what we're doing is we're depositing Bitcoin or BRC twenty into uh, um, 
like a smart contract, not a real smart contract, but a, like a multi-sig wallet. And then when we, when, we, when we check the wallet, we mint a CW20 token of that, right? So like, for example, if I transfer a BRC, let's say call it, let's call it BRC PCX, PSX. If I transfer that to uh, Lunk, I get a Terra address for it because I minted a new token for that. So now uh, if I bridge that to White Whale, I'm going to get the IBC version of it, right? With IBC um, name. Now let's say I do the same thing. I bridge a BRC20 token to White Whale directly. Then if I mint a CW20 token on White Whale, it's going to be its White Whale you know, address. And then I IBC that over to Terra Classic, it's going to be a different IBC. So, I mean, that's the only issue we're having right now. Um, yeah, White Whale, maybe you can uh, chime in and let us know if there's a way around this because... Nope, there yeah. isn't. <laughs> that's the short version. Um, it's, it's one of the security um, or the design choices the IBC developers made that, um, you know, tokens from different origins, even if though it's the same token, basically, have different IBC representations. So, um, no way around this. But talking about IBC... So part of our ecosystem, you know, on Megaloo, you know, certain liquid staking derivatives, but also, you know, the Raccoon team who are doing games, they cannot come to Luna Classic because the IBC version is outdated. So, you know, if you want to have more teams building on the chain, like Raccoon team, like others, you know, getting up to the latest tech standard, at least so that everything can be used would be really good. Another so, proposal, perhaps, right? PSX. Oh, man. I uh, just, uh, just. You mean IBC version? Yeah, because IBC 4 is not compatible with Token Factory. I think it was fixed somewhere in 5, so you need to upgrade to 5. But we are already on 6. Oh, you did the 6, or, six upgrade? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we are six, six two zero. Oh, is that one on this latest update? Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Damn, that was quick. I was like, lucky oh, you guys. Off. Lucky. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, I just when I hear props and governance, I just want to throw up in my mouth. Not gonna lie. It's a necessary thing, though. It yeah, has to I know, I know, I know. I just, I see it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. All right, all right. Moving on because we are down. We're like at the almost at the end of the hour. Uh, Jerry, um, oh man, we got a lot of topics to hit. Well, I, you know, I don't know if anybody caught it, but uh, Sencom did mention that uh, there is potentials for a uh, potential for funding for IDOs and uh, other protocols through the infra of white whale protocol so people that uh, want to build on the chain but don't have the capital to do so there are, are going to be infrastructure uh, functions through white whale protocol to to be able to implement that sort of thing and uh, there's a place to launch tokens as well which is another way of funding a project uh, but Sencom, my question is, is uh, say somebody wants to do a, pro a protocol or a project based off of your infrastructure, but they don't want to launch a token. Is that still possible? Um, before I answer the question, one last thing, you know, before I forget it, if you're listening to this space, um, please give everybody here on stage a follow 
and retweet the space with the hashtag, you know, ride the whale or, you know, hashtag sail with the whale, your choice. Um, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, so more people can find the space and listen to it afterwards. Okay, now to your question. So when it comes to, you know, you know, people wanting to leverage something, something white whale, you know, the blockchain, the app, the bots, whatever it is. First thing, just reach out to us. That's the most easy thing, you know, just reach out to us. And usually we'll try to help, help you push you guys forward, you know, in the best way that we can. And if it's a really, it's a good idea, it's a serious idea, and it's you know, worth putting in the time for everybody. You know, we help with, with everything that we can from, you know, PR, from general advisory to, you know, tokenomics, marketing strategy, you know, going live, design choices, everything. And if there's no token, then of course there needs to be a strong, you know, the most important thing is that there's a win-win situation for both parties involved. That's, you know, the only kind of deal I like to make, win-win. So when there's a token, you know, usually creating the win-win situation is pretty straightforward, which is, you know, some tokens go back to the foundation or there's an airdrop to the whale community or there's, you know, tokens make it easy. If there's no token, there are still, you know, ways to create a win-win situation, but they're a little bit, you know, more difficult, you know. One idea would be to, you know, put some of the fees back to the Whitewell protocol or, you know, leverage in it, it, it in an exclusive way that, you know, drives up volume and revenue of the Whitewell protocol. You know, if there's a compelling argument, then, you know, we don't need a token for this. Okay, that makes sense to me. That's awesome. I like that. Now, um, I do want to get to one more thing before uh, we kind of, we, we don't have much time, but uh, there's been some interest in DAO making uh, and Enterprise DAO it does it on Luna 2.0. Is there room for something like that on Luna Classic right now? Or um, what, what does that look like right now? Is White Whale going to bring something like that over? So we're, we're not doing DAOs, that's TFL. Um, but I, I believe it's all about, you know, creating momentum. And if there's enough momentum, people will flock naturally. And, you know, all these good things come. It's kind of like a chicken egg problem. You know, you need the activity to get the activity. And that's the hard thing. But, but White Whale specifically is only focused on the decks and the flash loans and helping those teams who built with us, you know, expanding together that's that's our focus mostly uh, i want to stay on top of the uh, the the activity part um while there are other individuals um in, in the small independent teams throughout the community that are <clears throat> working on the chain um i want to kind of what I, I want to take that expand it with into uh the documentation that Kronk address uh wanted to try to figure out how to best address that maybe have uh then uh, provide some input. Uh, one, let's start off with, can we define what that means exactly, documentation? Because in my head, I'm thinking like, what, a YouTube video of how-tos, 
what is it, you know, to explain and walk somebody through that process, or is it a link that they click to and it's, and it's a 50 page document that they have to read through and their eyes are going to squint so hard by the time they're done reading it, they probably forgot what they read in the first paragraph of the document. Frank? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I'll f first I'll just add to the enterprise thing uh, and then I'll, then I'll talk about the document. But uh, so enterprise, I, I know that they're trying to do cross-chain Terra, Terra, Terra 2 is trying to do it. So I'm not sure who and who Long can talk to them, but maybe we can just get them to build on uh, Terra Classic since they're going to, I heard they're going to move it to Neutron and other chains. So maybe Terra, Terra, uh, you know, Terra can, can, yeah, when Do Kwan gets out of prison, he can see Terra, <laughs> Terra Classic and Terra using Enterprise. So I think maybe Terra doesn't Terra Classic doesn't need to develop Enterprise. We can just uh, use Terra Enterprise from Terra. You know. Um, so relating to the documents, yeah, I, I think that was my biggest frustration when I was talking to Vin. Uh, there was no, you know, there was no sample code like uh, that, and I've kind of referred to earlier. Like the reason Terra One was so easy to build was everybody was using. Uh, you know, Mirror anchors, anchors code for a, a template, at least for starting, right? And then, you know, t Mirror Anchor was had the code out. And then, uh, you know, Spectrum Protocol, they open source their code. And then, you know, that was like three good code bases that you can uh, copy off of to start off, right? And then Astroport, before they used to open source their code. And then now they had to too much of it. But like they had the LBP and all these things open sourced. And I think that's uh, for at least the developer level, even though it's not documented so well, Developers can look at that as examples and, and edit from there. Um, uh, I think I have yeah, not too much input on the community level in terms of how to get community people, but but I think for developers, yeah, you want something to at least start from, right? You don't want to be able to try to figure everything from scratch. So I think if there was more open source documents or even, you know, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that uh, I think if we do this community tax thing and get uh, it working, then uh, some of us can just, uh, you know, fork and edit the mirror, anchor, and spectrum code to work on Terra Classic nicely, and then people can start with that, right? Uh, I right. think we can, yeah. So yeah. Dan, did you did you want to add something to this? Um, no, I have nothing to add to. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, the I, Jerry, I had a quick question about with um, with with uh, what was it? Uh, crap! I need to do a better job of keeping up with Dallas, but uh, Enterprise Dow. Um, we were we were talking about how JG was adamant about trying to get um, uh, Enterprise Dow over to Luna Classic, but I think Crunk may have addressed uh, the solution. Or well, I mean, JG also said similar thing uh, in the in the uh, back end when I talked to him quite a bit because i mean we partnered with him to do the gravedigger nft collection so and i asked him about that specifically because there is interest in the community to be able to create dao within the community that are based on projects and or whatever somebody wants to make a dao for right mm -hmm. and uh, absolutely correct uh if they're not willing to come over if somebody has access to the the code then it's open source they can be motivated so you can yeah. just so take it, it if you um wanted to what if we do we do it now yeah, yeah. really 
Yeah. So we yeah. wouldn't have to wait on enterprise then. But but you have but. to you have to overcome the tax. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. You need to do. You guys are killing me, man. Thing. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, <sighs> so these DAO tools are needed specific. So in general, because you know they allow you know communities to form and organize themselves, and they're the foundation of a lot of you know of a vibrant ecosystem that's you know self-organizing and autonomous. And specifically in the case of um, Backbone Labs, they don't have a chain. So the whale community, they they want DAOs too because there's sub-communities forming, but they also have the chain governance. But in a classic community, they have sub-communities, but, but they also have the chain governance. And Backbone Labs doesn't have a chain governance. They just have their communities and they need DAOs to organize themselves. And also one of the key you know, the exciting things about Backbone Labs is this NFT fi. So, you know, the staking your NFTs to get yield. And for this, you need DAOs. So you can actually stake and earn with your JPEGs. We just got to get past that tax situation. Okay, I'm already feeling depressed. <laughs> well, you can start writing the governance proposal. Oh, man, not me. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. uh, anybody, I, Jerry, just help me out here, man. Like, well, I wrote a proposal. Well, I helped write a proposal. I didn't write the whole thing. Uh, it's time consuming. Yeah. And you got to get it right the first time, because if you don't get it right the first time, it's not going to pass if, because it, it just ain't. Uh, and then if you do get it right, that doesn't mean anything either, because if all it takes is one person to say something's wrong about it i mean you really have to campaign it's like a political thing and you'd think it would be easy because it's just code is law type of situation so if you yeah. do it, i suggest anybody if you're doing a proposal it's best to have some type of code involved so that there is code is law type of, of thing is, is being followed and i mean obviously if it doesn't have anything like that it's a signaling prop and it's just opinion doesn't mean anything's going to happen necessarily because if code needs to be developed and another proposal needs to come after that's the next step right so it, i mean it is what it is so we we have a decentralized um blockchain and if people want things to happen a certain way proposals are a must and there are going to be people that don't agree and there's going to be people that agree and it has to go through that governance system because that's what we have and uh, I don't know, I'm, I support it, right? Uh, I don't always agree with what happens, but at the end of the day, if a proposal passes, it passes. That's, that, I just gotta stand behind that. And, uh, cause that's the way it is. You gotta, you gotta accept whatever is happening. But I do like the idea of the conversation because I was a part of the conversation with the taxes 10 months ago, 11 months ago, whatever it was. Uh, maybe it wasn't that long ago. Um, about implementing them in, in the uh, transaction. Um, and I was a supporter of that because for me, it seemed easier. And then we'd be in a situation where we could plug and play code. That was not me. Sorry about that. I had a phone call. Um, plug and play basically means what uh, Sencom was talking about, where they have wow. code already developed on another chain. It's a lot easier to transfer over to a, a new chain 
when there's not something that they have to overcome and optimize, such as what we have currently on Luna Classic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, which, um, which I've got one last question uh, out of curiosity, and this is very hypothetical, probably a loaded one. I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack for this, but whatever. Um, let's just assume that um, the the tax is removed, hypothetically. Not not to say that the the the, the burn stop. I mean, it would be implemented in a different manner manner, but projecting outward, how much faster? Could Luna Classic onboard new projects, onboard new teams, onboard new, new uh, D apps? What do you, what do you guys? I, I'd say there's two dimensions to this. So one is onboarding cross-chain protocols. You know, those like Whiteclay, like Backbone Labs, like Aries, like you know Raccoon that already have applications and are just hesitant to you know put in the extra month of work to go to Luna Classic when they could do you know, three other chains in the same time. So that's one di- dynamic. And, you know, uh, I think given the very large, very active, and still surprisingly liquid, um, you know, Luna Classic community and Luna Classic ecosystem, I think there would be a lot of interest from cross-chain apps to expand to Luna Classic. That's one. And two is it would simplify teams natively building on Luna Classic, like Bitmos, to just iterate faster. It would, you know, lower the burden because, you know, for standard Cosmosm, there's lots of tooling, lots of, you know, boilerplate contracts out there that you can use. So it would massively simplify the organic development growth on Luna Classic. Now, obviously, it's very hard to quantify this, how much in a number. But I think mm-hmm. given the fact that there's just very, very few apps that are currently live and working on Linux Classic, I'd say, you know, we, we could see an order of magnitude more. Vin and Kronk, did you want to add something to that? And because I lied, because I actually have one more question after this. <clears throat> no, I definitely agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if we get, if we can somehow put that community, that Whitewell suggested the community tax moved it over. Then, um, you know, I think to be honest, we should just upgrade Lunk to everything that uh, that the standard, like whatever, I think kind of similar to Terra, Terra 2 is doing um, in terms of, you know, how, well, after the DPAC Terra 2, you know, they, they got rid of, they upgraded their custom model and everything. So I think if, if we upgrade everything to standardized and then remove this uh, burn tax and then make development much easier, I think that'll be much more development on the community. Uh, and and one thing Lunk has very good is they have they can borrow a lot of stuff from Terra the original Terra I think um, there was a lot of lot of stuff developed and a lot of projects abandoned their pro- code and everything and the community can pick up a lot of stuff I mean there's marketplaces um, you know even like the Backbones Lab they can they can start using that onto uh, Terra Classic so there's so much stuff from Terra Luna and other chains that we could use if we could just get rid of this uh, burn tax into the developer state okay. All right. Um, and then my last question, this is to Vin. And then uh, I saw that White Whale got their on-ramp with Cato uh, before we did. And I know we had this, con- I had this conversation with, uh, with LBA back in like March or April. How do they, where are we at with that? Cause, and I'm wondering in my head, like, how do they beat us to, to the finish line? Yeah, the on-ramp yeah. with Guardian. 
Yeah. Uh, so if everyone go to Station Terra Classic community, and then you look at your wallet, and then you will see a buy option. You click on that buy option, you can buy long in supported currency. Like with a Visa MasterCard? Yeah, try it now. Try it now. Go to the station, Tech Classic Community. And then, you, and then you click on the wallet. Mm -hmm. And then you will see a buy option. Okay. Do you see that one? Let's see, I'm on my desktop right now. So, All right. Yeah. Let's see, where is the buy option? I see enable injective. That's new. So once you're on station, you click on the wallet, and then there will be a buy option. Hmm. We'll have to we'll have to schedule a time where you can walk me through this one. I'm not seeing a buy option. Yeah, maybe I don't have anything something set up properly or I'm missing something. Oh no! Uh, this like right, right, like right out of the front like. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I see. Okay, I all right. Yeah, all right. All right, all right. Okay. So if you click on that buy option, it will bring you to Guardian, and then you can purchase Lunk with fiat currency. And this one, uh, there's also another one as well. So the first one is on the station front end. The second one is with the wallet. Uh, if you Look at the Terra Classic Station Wallet extension. You will also see a buy option there as well. Oh, I think we lost PSX again. Oh, yeah. So you can He'll find you can find the buy option in both of that. PSX, when you get back up, I have one final uh, question that I, I pulled from the chat um, to address, and then. Uh... That'll be my last question. Yeah, no worries. I accidentally hit the X button. <laughs> so that was my fault when I was moving the browser around. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll part, I'll, I'll get up. We're, we're pretty much over time, uh, but go ahead, do your thing, and then we'll wrap it up and give everybody the last, uh, last words. So uh, Nikos is concerned about layer twos uh, with their like token factories and things like that, uh, projects that are launching uh, and the security behind them and, and, to protect the Luna Classic community from some of the things that have happened recently with some of these projects, uh, taking liquidity out, things like that, or for hackers, or however the narrative is that explains what happens. Uh, I, I think that White Whale has a solution specifically for that just because they have infrastructure. Is there, is there a uh, underlying security that would pre help prevent that and and provide some builders like myself that's trying to get a swap going that might interact with your decks or something like that that is going to prevent things like that from happening like what happened with terraport because uh, from my understanding a lot of those things were potentially somebody from the inside and part of the actual project that created those protocols and i'm i'm imagining like all the code that whitewell has has been audited so that's a safe bet in my mind to be able to to build on what you guys already have. So if if somebody from the community is a builder and they want to get involved on Luna Classic, 
I think Whitewell's a good uh, a good way to gravitate towards and at least start asking them questions. Obviously, you can do whatever you want, but if if you want to protect yourself from from that sort of thing, I, I think that's a good bet. So, uh, Sencom, do you have anything to add to that? I know I just said a lot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to keep in mind that no amount of audits, you know, is gonna put the risk to zero. You know, we've had, you know, you know, hacks on Ethereum where three or four independent auditors, you know, looked over the code and still $200 million got lifted. So that's just something to keep in mind. You can minimize the risk, but you can never, you know, completely eliminate it. Um, but that being said, you know, we have, you know, the best devs, I think, or one of the best devs in the whole, you know, crypto space we have. And they're all good looking too. They're right? very handsome, <laughs> very handsome. That's important. Um, you know, obviously we have done multiple audits in the past, so we're trying to do our due diligence, but there's always risk. You just, you know, have to be aware of this. And not, and I want to add something to that. Um, and this is a, a number um, that everyone should be aware of. Uh, but according to the FBI uh, reports, uh, 62% of hacks actually happen internally. And that's just here in the United States alone. And this is with big institutions, banking institutions. I mean, even big, big companies where reputable reputations can only do so much. Yeah, exactly. Good numbers. But yeah, um, yeah, that's all we can, you know, we can try doing our best and, you know, everybody can. That's all you can do. You can just try to do your best and, you know, hope it works. You know, everybody else, you know, who tells you this is 100% secure, he's just, you know, selling you snake oil. Um, that being said, you know, also with the, you know, teams we work together with, obviously we, we vet them, you know, we, we talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. We, you know, look at what they're doing. So we try to, you know, filter out the, the low-hanging scams right away. Um, so that's another layer of protection, like the social, you know, our due diligence. But obviously, you know, if there's a very sophisticated scam and they're listing a token, then they're rugging, you know, that, that's hard. So we're, we're trying to do our best. So if something, you know, comes along a little bit fishy, you know, we, for example, ask them to lock the liquidity in the decks. If they lock the liquidity, they can't rock the liquidity anymore. So we're we're doing our our part as best, best as we can. But but as always, you need to stay you know very very careful and you know very deliberate in your actions. And it's also a good habit to you know talk with people. You know, join the Lina Classic Discord, join the White Whale Discord, talk about the projects with other people. And you know, if you do all this, you know, and we all try to you know do our best security practices, I think we can, you know, you know, minimize the number of hacks and exploits and rugs, you know, we suffer from. So from my understanding, a lot of the ones that have happened, well, maybe some of the ones that have happened, there was a internal mint function in the contract itself. You can have a contract that doesn't have a mint function, or you can have a contract that has a very specific mint function and what it's for and what can be done with that function. Uh, part of the do your own research, unfortunately, would require somebody to look at a smart contract themselves and look at these functions. They're pretty straightforward after you get used to reading them. And 
after you know what a mint function looks like, then you'll understand it. Then you can ask questions to those specific people that are running that protocol, what that's all about, and then make your own mind up on how you feel about what their answer was like, right? But um, that's that's the whole careful thing about it. Uh, but there's been a lot of projects on Luna Classics, smaller tokens, meme tokens, if you if you want to call them that, that that have mint functions, and if they already launch with lots of coins already it, it, minting more doesn't make sense i mean usually the those types of tokens usually thrive on a burn narrative so minting more doesn't make sense to me but it it is that's out there and it's in the contracts and the contracts should be able to you should be able to look at them and at, at the least you should be able to look at the functionality of those contracts and if anybody has questions or help i mean there's plenty of people in the Luna Classic community that are accessible that can look at these things. And before you take a risk, um, figure it out as much as you can before you take a risk. And if you're not willing to, if you don't know, mitigate your risk as much as possible with how much you're, you know, willing to invest. That's that's. Uh, but uh, again, not financial advice. I, I just err on the side of caution. Any with any new project, period. Uh, on any chain that's that's just what i do um. one thing i i do is um i look at the project like is is the rug value valuable to them for example let's say white wheel develops some that you know the classic stuff they try to rug the decks there's no value i mean they can make x amount of dollars but actually they're ruining their reputation they're ruining their other projects they're ruining their chain right so that's why i have confidence white wheel they're not going to do anything bad to terra class classic because you know, they, they have a much bigger picture, right? And like, we can look at like, like for example, Polygon. Um, there's a, like basically a few people control the multi-sig and they can just run Polygon. But then it's not value to them, right? I mean, they, 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 I think they, they're thinking bigger picture, right? They want to build something much bigger and in the long run make much more money, right? If that's the end game, right? So I think that's one way to value it. You look at what the team is doing and if, if, if their value to, you know, I mean, just assume that they're going to run, right? I mean, just assume they're bad people. And then they, they, they won't motivate them by greed. So is it better for them to rug now or actually build a project and actually make more money in the end, right? So I think that's a kind of like a quick way to check. Yeah, <laughs> one way. Well, PSX, I think we've went about 15 minutes over, but we also took about 15 minutes before we started. So we're right about at the hour mark. So uh, I want to thank enough. everybody for coming in here. And uh, I'm going to leave this opportunity open for everybody on the panel to say anything they want, their last words, and then PSX will say, you know, goodbye. And then uh, we will end the space at that point. And we'll just start around the table. Let's go with Vin, Crunk, then Sencom, and then PSX. Vin, can you speak? Or are you uh, still connected? Yep, yep. I can speak. Um, from me, I uh, have... Well, I mean, like, uh, uh, first, I really want to thank you two for inviting me today. Uh, and if anyone has questions, then I'm willing to answer. Right on. And Vin is on multiple chats. He's in the validator chat. He's uh, and uh, he's he's accessible. So uh, he's multitasking right now. He's multitasking. Right now, I could hear it in his voice. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's like I was chatting around playing customer service right now. I mean, like if, like if if there there is a project manager on the L one, then 
then he he will be multitasking instead of me. <laughs> thank you, Ben. Uh, Crime, please. Yeah, thank you, guys, for this uh, yeah uh, podcast and roundtable. Uh, I think you guys like what we were saying. Like, think you guys one of one of the best out there. Ask smart questions and what the community wants. I really like uh, White Whale's input in this, um, you know, removing the burn tax and or and then coming up with the idea of moving it to the community tax. I hope someone in the community or Vin or someone can push this forward. I think that'll help the development. Uh, in terms of security, uh, yeah, I just thought of something. Uh, one of my friends, he has a startup uh, doing the AI audited, so I can probably ask him to give it out for free in the beta period to anybody in the community. So I'll connect him to PCX. And then PCX can vet him and whatnot, and he can see if we can get this free tool for people. At least they can audit their smart contracts and log free. And yeah, I'll, I'll talk to um, yeah PCX after about this. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Fantastic. And our good friend Sincom. Well, um, yeah. Also, thank you very much, um, Jerry PCX. It's always a pleasure. Um, thank you um, to my fellow panelists. You know, it was very interesting. Talking with you here, with you, Ben, you know, Bitmas, Crunk, very nice, you know, chatting with you here today on this panel. Um, also, thank you very much to everybody who tuned in. And I'd like to just give a last call of action. If you're on Luna Classic and you wanna you wanna take take the lead, you know, start building, reach out to us and we'll help you. You know, if you wanna build on Luna Classic, we'll help you. If you wanna build NFTs, you know, build on the decks, build, you know, launch your own protocol on the classic or cross chain, reach out and I'm sure we can work together. So let's get this thing going and let's get, you know, activity rising again. So thank you very much. And thank you. Okay, so real quick, um, just to kind of give you guys a, a future heads up of, of what to look forward to with, uh, with Jerry and I, um, we've got some uh, we got some conversations with uh, cross pollinations uh, with NFTs, not just backbones, but with uh, one of the uh, one one really good artist, Tonka, who's down there in the audience. So give him a follow. I highly encourage it. It seems like there's a lot of cross community conversations that are taking place. So exciting news on that. Can one. you share a little bit more? We're... Now I'm curious. Do you think? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not dropping. Been down that road, got me in trouble last time. Um, uh, and then I will, I will drop this alpha. Uh, I've been in, I've been in communications with TFM, so we'll see what that looks like. White, uh, White Will did come up into that conversation, but I'll leave it at that because I don't know what it's going to look like. So I'll keep Jerry posted once we figure out what it's looking like. Uh, we'll make that announcement uh, hopefully soon. But uh, but as far as Tonko goes. Uh, it's, I'm gonna I'm let I'm gonna let Jerry and JG figure that part out. But other than that, uh, again, please share this space hashtag Ride the Well so that people can find it. And uh, with that, guys, have a great Friday. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and uh, see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening today, everybody that came in. And uh, yes, uh, Tonko is a partner with the uh, Luna Sapiens and is helping out with 
the Bone Society NFT launch, which we'll be revealing soon. Take care, everyone. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these tokenomics. They probing this bear, flexing broken knives. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knives. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible loss, it's all moss. And I'm liking the odds. Fondue in the morning, forming mycological bonds. Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary falls. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come, first serve mentality. Stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Spaces.